before, but I knew that's what it was and, and uh, that he was so mindful to do that and to be there to meet me that night at that place and to speak directly to uh, me um, was a mind-blowing and uh, humbled me on a level that I didn't even, uh, I couldn't even fathom before. I just, uh, man, that, that feeling of that love and mercy and, and in the face of knowing that he knew everything about me was very humbling. And so that was the night I said, that's it, I'm gone. and uh, No looking back. 28 years. It's not as long as some. It's long as others. But it ain't about measuring it out. I'm just glad I'm still going. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, I asked the Lord that night, I said, whatever it takes for me to keep living like this or living this life or feeling this, I said, whatever this is, I don't want it to be gone in two weeks. I want this from now on. I said, if you would give me that, that's what I would ask tonight. And so I always tell, and you've heard me say this before, but I always tell people that God answered, and granted me my very first prayer, my first request, because I have never, I said, I've had bad days, but I've never wanted to quit. I've never wanted to go back. I've never wanted to take a break, anything. I've just wanted to live my life for him. And God will give you what it takes to live the life. That's it. Uh, He'll give it to you. So before I get into our lesson, I want to pray tonight. I got a text message from Sister Kaylin and uh, Abby Joe was running a fever about 104.3. So um, she said, please pray. And I know Sister Becky Daniel was not well tonight as well. So let's let's pray for these two right now. Let's really cry out for that little baby. She's been having a tough time lately. Let's ask God to touch her tonight. Precious Lord, we love you tonight and honor you in this house. You're our healer. Now in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, we speak healing to that little baby. Lord, that this fever would be gone. Lord, touch the minds of those parents tonight and give them peace and comfort them. Lord, bless Sister Becky Daniel and bring healing to her body, God. Strengthen her. Lord, all those that are not here tonight that are sick, those that have a need of a touch in their body tonight, God, that you would just touch them, Lord, and heal them right now, right where they are, right where they sit, God. Touch them tonight. Let healing move in this place tonight. God, we're going to praise you for it. Give me honor for it in Jesus' holy name. Hallelujah. You know, let's just worship the Lord for a moment. Just let him touch you in this house tonight. Jesus. Got to go in Jesus' name.
thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So thankful for him tonight. So thankful. Lord, I thank you for what you did 28 years ago. That was the beginning of a pathway that led me to her. That beautiful woman singing over there. That two beautiful kids out of the deal. Led me here. A lot of you folks in my, all of you folks are in my life because of something that happened 28 years ago. I'm thankful for the Lord. That's doing exceeding abundantly above what you can ask or think. He's put, that's part of it. He's put more wonderful people in my path and in my life and that have been a blessing to me, each and every one, that I could, I could never thank God enough for the people and it's, it's about the people. I'm so thankful for everyone tonight. And I'm going to teach tonight. And so um, I, I felt like uh, teaching. And uh, man, I, I ain't going to lie. I got a lot of scripture tonight. But it's not, it's going to, it's going to move. It ain't, we're not going to be here at 10 o'clock. It's going to move. But, um, but I do feel like teaching tonight. I, uh, in this fast, I have first week I gave you uh, Proverbs 1 through 7 focus on reading that week those chapters and then this week Psalm 119 and there's a reason for those I'm just picking random scriptures out of the Bible just uh, yeah let them read that no it's uh, I have a reason for it because these are very good teaching passages of scripture because uh, I like I said it go, even goes back to what I said. I asked the Lord, Lord, I love what I'm getting right now, that initial, that, that salvation, that you're touching my life. I'm repenting. I was baptized that night, and you know, I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. So I, that's great, but I asked him for what it takes not to ever lose this. I'm going to tell you what it takes for you not to lose this. It's his word. That's got to be there. And if you love his word, you'll love him. You'll love his ways. And uh, that word, though, is uh, it'll help you make the decisions you've got to make. The word will keep you where you need to be. The word will keep you going. If I walk by faith, and faith come by hearing and hearing by the word, how can I walk it? How can I keep walking without the word? Because the Lord's not going to drag any one of us along this route. He wants us to walk it, to follow him. And so uh, I mentioned earlier this year that I felt like in 2021, people's idea of consecration would probably be redefined because what the world defines and what we have come, become comfortable with calling consecration is is probably not really close to what the Bible speaks about in consecration and uh, not that you don't have to be scared of that word Man, it's, to be consecrated is to be more like him yeah consecration is to be holy is to be more like him and so we need that but I will tell you this it's a choice it's not forced upon you it's a choice it can be a necessity but it's still a choice let me read to you tonight, Matthew 22, verse 36 through 40. Then I'm going to read John 14 and 15. Matthew 22, 36 through 40. A man came and questioned the Lord, said, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. John 14 and 15, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And so I'll teach tonight on this, this lesson tonight, the choice to consecrate. The choice to consecrate. Let's pray tonight. Lord, we love you and thank you for your word so powerful oh Lord full of provision feeds us leads us heals us helps us 
Lord, tonight let us hear it. Let us receive it into good ground, God, that we can grow and be better, be more like you, God. We ask it tonight in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Now give the Lord a hand clap of praise for his word. What a great God he is. He's a great God. He's a great God. You can be seated tonight, and thank you. Darling, thank you. Wonderful singing tonight. Good stuff. I love you. The choice to consecrate and um, what I want to see is people make it and so uh, there are times where there are going to be uh, we need these words that just move us quickly but we also need words that settle into our soul we need words that permeate us, that saturate us, that stick to us, that uh, become part of our being and who we are. The scripture says in him we live and we move and we have our being. Well, who's the, who's the him? Jesus, all right? And Jesus is the word made flesh. So in the word we live, we move, we have our being. It makes us who we are. And uh, Living this life for God, even 28 years ago, God did not force me into the altar or force me into the water or force me to even respond at all. It was my choice. We make choices. We make a choice to be born again. That's a choice. Uh, The provision to be born again is given by God. We make the choice to obey We are not forced. And even though Jesus knows that ye must and accept you be born again, he still will. He knows how much we need new birth. He does not force it on us. He does not uh, just grab us one day. He's he's not hijacking us and, and injecting us with new birth. Gotcha. Got another one. No, it's, it's a choice. The choice is ours. And if the choice, if being born again is our choice, then the choice to consecrate our lives to his service is also a choice. Uh, That that decision that I will live my life for him uh, is a choice. See, a lot of people want the new birth without the life. Now, come on, you know people like that. There's a lot of people want the experience, the spiritual, the woo, and then uh, I'll do my own thing. There's a lot of people that want the new birth. They want heaven. They don't want to walk the walk. They don't want the straight and narrow. They they want their own way. They they won't do it. Uh, So we must choose after we are born again uh, to live our life for him. Now, oh, but it's so hard. Not so. It's not hard to live for God. It's a choice. It's a choice. It's not hard. Times may be hard. Situations may be hard. But the, whole, the decision to live for God is not hard. Right. Oh, not if you weigh it in comparison to where you were. It's not hard. It, it, it was not hard for me to decide, oh, I'm going to live for God. It was not hard. When I felt what he had, when I had tasted and seen that the Lord was good, oh, no. And guess what? It's gotten easier Every day to make that choice. Hey, every day is not easy, but the choice to live for God gets easier as I get closer to the end of the time because I know and see more clearer every day that he is what I need, what I've got to have. And I can't just rely on what happened 28 years ago. The only reason I'm still here 28 years later is because what I decided to do with his word in my life. I'm not saying I saved myself. The scripture says of newborn people, of saints of God, that they must work out their salvation with fear and trembling. We must decide what we're going to do. We must make a decision to live our life for him. And guess what? The ability to live for God is there. And it is found in his word. If you ever made the statement, I can't live for God, you 
repent right now because you can. You might not, but you can. It's just like when people say, well, I can't pay my tithes. Well, you can, you just didn't. I can't pay my tithes, I got to pay this. You made a choice. And then when someone wants to say, and let me tell you, what got the ball rolling for me that 28 years ago was when I said out of my own mouth, I can't, I, I said, I know it's good to live for God. I can't do it. That's what I said. And that night in service, the Lord used Sister Rebecca to, uh, to quote a scripture in James 4 and 17, said that if a man knew to do good and do it not, to him it's sin. And let me tell you, it was like a bullseye was right on me. Whap! I was like, did I just hear that? And then Sister Everhart said, say it again, say it again. And she said it one more time. And when she did, I'm telling you, if something went moving inside of me and water was pouring out of my face and I was, I wasn't just, I was like, oh! <laughs> That's exactly the way I was. I ain't ashamed about it. I mean, I water pouring out of my face and me just going, making a noise because it was like coming out of me. And all I heard, I remember hearing Brother Hart saying, if anybody wants to come pray, there you go. But that's what God, but the choice, that's what the Lord did. When I heard that the second time, I could hear just as clear something in my spirit said, I heard what you said. That's the answer. What do you do with it? So in other words, he's saying it's your choice. I'm not going to pull you out of this pew, but I'm going to let you know everything that you go through, everything that you face on a daily basis, it's framed in my word. And if you'll live by my word, you'll make the right choices. We're not forced, even though we must live consecrated. We have to. It's still our choice. God does not force us to be holy. He doesn't do it. He will never force you or I to be holy. Our new birth experience is, is so important. And at, at that point, man, we are as holy as we can be at that moment. And then, but unless you stop breathing five seconds after your new birth, you're going to have a life to live. It would be nice if we were born of water, born of spirit. It'd be nice. Just individual rapture. Out. But it don't happen like that. We've got a life to live, a light to shine, salt to, to salt with. We've got, we've got things to do in this earth. We've got to be the church, and so we have to make our choices, but our choice is to uh, reflect his image. And so the only way I can reflect his image is to live by his word or to consecrate myself. But Peter said this in 1 Peter uh, 4 or 1 and 23. He said that we are born again, but it's not of corruptible seed, but it's incorruptible. We are born again by the word of God, the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. Oh, you know his word's forever settled in heaven because he's forever settled in heaven. He is the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And so we know that the word lives and abides forever. And so uh, our new birth is by the word. That means our consecration will be by the word. We're not going to live outside of what the new birth provided. If we are born again by his word, how do we think we can live a new life outside of the word? It don't happen. You can't, it, it won't happen. You've got to live by the word. Matter of fact, the scripture says that Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That's what we live by. We live by the word. So uh, our life, our consecration will be by the word, but both of these are a choice. Everybody chooses to be born again. Hey, I want to go to heaven, but not everybody chooses to walk the walk. Jesus had people that would follow him for fishes and loaves, but when the sayings got tough, people began to walk away. Everybody could not hear. Oh, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? And he said at that point, many of his disciples walked no more with him. It, they weren't offended by his works or his miracles. It was the word. Mm, I can't take that word. I can't accept that word. 
uh, oh, that's a hard saying. Who can hear it? I, mm -mm, I, we got to go on this note. If you, 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 you serving up fish and loaves, holler at me. I'll be here. You're raising the dead, I'll come by and check that out. You start this word stuff, I got to go. Because I'm here for the miracles. I'm here for heaven. I'm here for all the shake, rattle, and roll. But when it comes down to uh, walking that straight and narrow, even the, even the rich young ruler, he said, you got one thing you lack. Well, what's that? I've been doing all this stuff. He said, well, here, you lack one thing. Sell everything you got. Pick up the cross. Follow me. Can't handle that word. I got to go. Turn around. I got to hold on to my stuff. I like my stuff. And so everybody wants what they can hold, what they can feel, but they don't have to do. And that's why I'm telling you that, that consecration is a lot different than a lot of people say. A lot of people believe, well, you're just consecrated right off the bat. You know, once you become the Lord's, well, you're consecrated. You, you, your God has set you apart. The Bible says the Lord knoweth those that are his. He does. But he knows them by the walk they walk. <laughs> he knows them by the life they live. He knows by what they do in this world. And uh, he, he's going to know his by what they're doing because they that know their God will be mighty and do exploits. He's going to see his people doing things. Yeah. All right. Peter said this. Let's just back up a little bit in that, in that uh, chapter, 1 Peter 1, 13 through 16. Peter said, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, Got to get your mind right. Be sober. That means not just don't be drinking, but be sober. It means to be clear thinking. Right. Your mind, clear thinking. Hope to the end of the grace that is to, to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. People need the revelation of Christ. They need to know and believe who he is and what he has done. So now that we have that knowledge, as obedient children, now obedience right there indicates a choice because a child will choose to obey or disobey. Don't touch that. He's fixing to make a choice. Clean your room. He's fixing to make a choice. Don't go outside. Don't get on that phone. Don't turn on that TV. He's fixing to make a choice. One way or the other, and it's going either going to be to choose to do what you said, which will keep him in good standing, or he will choose to not do what you said, which will uh, used to get you a switch or a belt. Uh, now he gets you a timeout or uh, or a firm talking to, but um, uh, a little more switch might help, might cause him to switch the attitude. But uh, anyway, somebody's going. They're going to lock me up for that. I better hush. Uh, that's my brother. Friend loveth at all times. I love him. So he says, as obedient children, not fashioning yourself according to the former lust in your ignorance. What were we, what were we ignorant of? We were ignorant of the Lord, of his love, what he had done for us, who he is. And so he said, when you were ignorant of that, you just did everything else. So now that you have this revelation, you cannot do that anymore. There's got to be some choices made. And you've got to choose to be obedient children, not disobedient. Well, how would I know if I'm disobedient? If you're not doing what the Word says. There's our consecration. He said, but as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation or behavior because it is written, that means it's forever settled, be ye holy for I am holy. So he didn't say you would be automatically holy. He said to be holy. Now the word there, holy, uh, hagios in the Greek, it means physically pure, morally blameless, Religious, religious, we don't believe in religion, we just believe in Jesus. That's a whole new message right there. So I get so tired of seeing that meme. But anyway, uh, he said that holy means to be blameless or religious because there is religion that is pure and undefiled before God. 
So anyway, uh, ceremonially consecrated. So in other words, he's saying, be ye consecrated in all manner of your conversation or your behavior. Well, how do I consecrate myself to the Lord? Through his word, by living his word, by, uh, by following his word. That's how we do that. So it's not just being born again brings you a level of holiness and sanctification. I'm going to show it to you in just a minute. But to live this life continually, to keep on going, we have got to make the choice to consecrate ourselves, and that means live by his word, all of it, not just the ten uh, commandments that were tapped on stone, all of it. That means uh, to abstain from the appearance of evil. Yeah, it means that I will set no evil thing or wicked thing before my eyes. That means uh, you know to not let your good be evil spoken for. There's a lot of scriptures in there that are the principles that teach us how to keep ourselves on the straight and narrow, how to keep ourselves consecrated to the Lord. And so be holy in all manner of our conversation or our behavior because it is written. Well, where was it written at? It was written in Leviticus 11 and 44 and 45. The Lord was talking to Israel because he had brought them out of Egypt. And he said, here's here's the lay of the land, Moses. And here's what we need to let the people get. I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore sanctify yourself. Now that word sanctify means consecrate. Look it up. It means to consecrate. For I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore consecrate yourselves and you shall be holy. Now I want to be holy because he's holy. And he's, that's what he's, he's fixing to tell them. But he said, when you consecrate yourselves, you shall be holy. You keep your, because you're keeping yourself. I brought you out. You can't be holy without me. You sure can't be holy without my word. I am holy. He said, if you'll sanctify yourself or consecrate yourself, give yourself to this, you'll be holy. Neither shall you defile yourselves with any manner of creeping thing that creeps on the earth. For I am the Lord that brings you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. And if I'm going to be your God, you shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. Holy. I want to be holy. To be holy is to be consecrated. When you look at the word again, when it comes over, when Peter is uh, repeating this in his letter in the New Testament, that word there, holy, means either physically pure, morally blameless, religious, ceremonially consecrated. In my, what I do, a ceremony is what you do. Whatever you're doing, you should be consecrated to the Lord. You're consecrated by his word. If you're keeping his word, you're keeping yourself. You're keeping this vessel. You're keeping yourself where you should be. You're being like God. At our new birth, we, according to Paul, he said we are washed, we are sanctified, and we are justified in the name of the Lord. That word there in 1 Corinthians 6, uh, 9 through 11, when he says that, uh, now you're washed, you're sanctified, that word sanctified means holy. So I want to be holy. At our new birth, we get a, this level of holy uh, in our life. We're as holy as we can be at that point. But then we have to live for God. We choose to be born again. And by doing that, man, we're baptized. All the sins of the past are washed away. Uh, man, we're, we're out from under the curse right there. We're, man, we're, we're clean. We're fresh. We're filled with the Spirit. Now we're adopted. We're part of the family. And we are as good as we can be at that moment. But you got to leave the building. You can't stay. (laughs) Can I just stay here? No, you got to go out there where the lion is and the wolf is and the bear is and all the mess. And you got to go out there. And you know what keeps you? The word. The word will keep you where you need it to be. We need holiness, friend. We need holiness. Jesus said this concerning the new birth. Because a lot of people, I don't have to deal with this. That's why holiness is a way of life. Because consecration is a way of life. And to be holy is to be consecrated. But he said uh, concerning new birth, uh, except you uh, be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Well, if I can't see the kingdom of God, guess who else I can't see? The Lord. 
because without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. So new birth and holiness, hand in hand. You can't, you're, going to get, you're going to get a level of that whenever you're born again, but then you've got to be holy. That's why uh, he said, after you have done all this, you don't fashion yourself according to the former lust uh, like you used to be, uh, but the Lord said, now you be holy, not I will make you, force you, uh, you know, download it into you. you. You have got to make the choice to live your life for God. You want to live, if the Lord tears another 50 years, do you still want to be living for God? Well, then you better stick to his word. Because if you forsake his word, man, you let go of him. And, uh, man, it's not just uh, keeping us in a place for heaven, man. I mean, it, it, when you let go of the word, man, you you got no guardrails. You, and we're, man, you can fall off the edge. You can get lost, get off on the wrong exit, man. You got to stay between the lines. And the lines are that word. You stay in the word of God. So now we must live, what Paul say, Walk in newness of life. Uh, old things are passed away. No former lust. We live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now, God is holy. We know that. And so the word was God. So that must mean the word is holy. Right? Yeah. And so Jesus said the words I speak are spirit and life. So God is a spirit. Holy spirit. Words holy. I can only be holy by his word. I cannot be holy outside of God's word. We always say, well, you need the Holy Ghost to be holy. I know I do. But his words are spirit and they are life. You can't divide them up and separate them. I need all of that. And so when I am born again, uh, I must have him. Uh, I need the spirit for new birth. But I need these words which are spirit and life to live this new consecrated life. Second Peter, uh, he said that they had moved away from or forsaken the holy commandment in Romans 7 and 12. Paul said the law and the commandment are both holy. Listen, we're not going to be holy without the word. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. You stay away from his word, you're not going to see God. You're not going to see him move in your life. You're not going to see him move in your family's life. You're not going to see anything. You're not sure not going to see him up there one day if you forsake the word. There's a choice that we make to consecrate ourselves and to live our life for this king of kings and lord of lords. We, he, he doesn't force us into servitude and, and hold us under his thumb. He, he loves us and he offers us uh, these great things. Now, so when we know, as I, you know, I quoted that scripture earlier, and it's what got me, when we know to do good but we do it not, then it's sin. So I, I don't want to know what the word says and then not do it because it's sin. So see, that's where I'm saying it's choice. And we think, oh, but, but it's hard when you're dealing with your flesh. Well, that's why the spirit is so vital uh, because it keeps your flesh under subjection. The spirit will mortify the deeds of the flesh. Now, if the word is spirit, that means the word can destroy the works of the flesh. If you were a thief and you read his commandment and you take it to your heart, the word will crush the desire for you to steal anymore. It will keep you consecrated from stealing. But if you're like, wow, boy, I could really use that right there. Well, see, now the choice is here. I'm either, I know, I know what God's word says, or it says, thou shalt not steal but I sure could use that extra money right there. Well, so you're fixing to make a choice. You're either going to choose to stay in the Word or get out of the Word. And if you get out of the Word, you just stepped out of your consecration. That's, the, that's what happened with Samson. Samson stepped out of his consecration. He, he, he knew the way he was supposed to be living, but he didn't keep his consecration. cost him a lot. cost him his life eventually, but... Uh, you know, it, it put him in a bad place. He did not stay consecrated to that Nazarite vow. If he'd have kept that hair, he'd lost it. He wouldn't lose his strength, but he didn't because he surrendered that. He had a choice. I can either tell her or not tell her, but he told her. And when he told her, he lost it. And so that's why I'm telling you, the choice to consecrate is ours. Uh, always been. We read in 
the great commandment at the beginning, Jesus said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, uh, strength. Uh, that's not new. This is what God, God has always uh, put obedience to his word around this commandment. Um, in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 5, verse 32 and 33, listen to what the Lord said. You shall observe to do therefore as the Lord your God hath commanded you. You shall not turn aside to the right hand or left. You shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God has commanded you so you may live and it will be well with you and that you may prolong your days in the land which you shall possess. Always uh, commandments of, look, if you'll, but he, I'm not going to force you, but if you will do this, if you will observe to do all these things, it's going to be good for you. That's what he's telling you. And then he says in 6 and 4 through 6, he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, with all thy might, with all your heart. And these words which I command thee, these words that I command you this day shall be in your heart. You know what helps you and keeps you loving God? That word in your heart. That's the first commandment and it's the great commandment and that's the one that you don't want to uh, get off on. But you know what? Here, here's uh, what helps keep you in that first commandment is to take those words that he gives and put them in your heart heart so you can you can know the word in your head but you will live it from your heart if it's in your head you're making decisions all the time but if it's in your heart you just live it because jesus said out of the heart proceedeth as a man thinketh in his heart so is he out of the heart of the issues of life therefore guard your heart with all diligence you, did you read that last week? You should have if you read Proverbs. That's why I'm telling you, that's why I was giving these uh, scriptures for you to read because I was wanting you to get something that's going to help you in your walk. Uh, if you've been reading Psalm 119, Psalm 119, 11, the psalmist said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Not your miracles, not your services, not your wonders. Mm-mm. Uh, now, even your love, I've hid your word in my heart, and that will keep me from sinning against thee. Because, again, if I just got it in my head, if I can memorize it and I can quote it, yeah, so what? If it's not in here, because if it's up here, you just know it. But if it's in here, you're going to live it. If you get it in your heart, you will live for the Lord, for the Lord, not the Lloyd. I don't know who Lloyd is. I hope he's in heaven, though, whoever he is. <laughs> hey, don't worry, you'll, you'll get there one day. <laughs> All you young folks giggling at your pastor. The Lord's watching you. <laughs> and Lloyd might be too. So <laughs> might be a, one of them angels, Lloyd. <laughs> All right, now, y'all settle down. So, so here's, here's and, and I'm getting ready. I, like I said, I'm not going to keep you long. Uh, we'll, we should finish right about eight, I hope. So, But listen, where we started back, back at Matthew uh, 22, I'm going to go back through that, so 22 through 36 through 40. But listen, the choice to love, that's the beginning of our consecration. So let's go back and see what Jesus said. One more time. The man asked him, what is the great commandment? And Jesus says in verse 37, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Now listen, this is the first and great commandment. To love him is a commandment. That means it's a choice. Because I don't have to keep any commandments. I make a choice. But if I'm going to love him first and foremost, that means I'm not going to have any other gods before him. And that also means that I will keep his word. The first commandment, the greatest commandment, is to love God. See, well, you can't, you can't be saved unless you love God. 
Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He didn't mention love anywhere. How many of you actually think, man, as soon as I walked in church, I love God? When you got baptized, I loved God. Look, I didn't know God. But I believed God. I believed in him. I believed that he, I believed that he was real. I believed he had died for me. I believed he was the Savior. And so now I was obedient. Salvation, initial salvation comes through belief and obedience. But you learn to love what you know. Woo! Come on, somebody. That's why the man said, grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus. Grow in grace and knowledge. Taste and see that he's good. You got to start experiencing God. You know where you're going to learn most about him? In that book. Well, I learned about him in prayer. You know where that... Before you ever prayed, you know where prayer was at? Before you ever fasted, you know where fasting was at? Yep. It's all been right there through his word. And so uh, when I come to him, I believe. He that comes to God must first believe that he is. But he didn't say I had to believe first believe. Uh, he that comes to God must first love him. He didn't say that. He that comes to God must first believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And that's what we did. We believed the message. We had faith. And we didn't know him enough to love him. Didn't stop. Well, there may have been some kind of adoration there because something we, something we felt, but we didn't know him enough to love him. And you will love him more and more and more as time moves on. You will love this way. It's just like, and it's like, worse like that. My wife and I say that all the time. Uh, hey, we've been married, and she said, she'll tell me, she said, you know, I didn't even think it was possible, but I love you more now than I did before. You know, and you know why that is? Because we have grown together, loved each other, uh, you know, been through things together. We've, we, we've gotten to know each other. We know each other so much better. Oh, we was crazy in love when we got married. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. We didn't know nothing. We didn't live together, anything like that. Well, that's a whole new uh, life when you move in with somebody. Uh, uh, you get married and first move in with somebody. Oh, that's where you put your clothes. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, you gotta. Oh, you don't close the door when you're going out. Oh, I'm sorry. I, you know, I, I'm just used to living by myself. Well, you're not anymore. That, no, it was me. That was me. That was me. <laughs> that was me. My mom will tell you she raised boys. We just, we just run around the house like we wanted to. So, you know. so, so what I'm saying, but as time grew on, we realized these things and we learned things. We began to live our life in a way we should live it. And, uh, but this is what happens. You learn about God. You, and you learn that uh, not only, you, you know, you heard he died for you, but then you read about it, you learn about it. You learn what he went through. You learn that he could have not done it, but he did anyway. You learn that his mercy is new every morning, that his compassions fail not, that he never leaves or forsakes you, that he won't leave you comfortless, that no weapon formed will prosper. You just learn that uh, that you can be content with what you have because he'll never leave you or forsake you. You just, you just start learning. You start reading and you realize, wow. That he pulls us out of the dung hill and sets us among princes. That he calls us out of darkness into marvelous light. Gives us a, 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 a royal priesthood, a, a holy nation, a peculiar, you know, just all these things. We weren't even people of God, but now we're people of God. And all these things just makes you love him more and more and more. You learn about him and you love him. And so that's why I say the choice to love him is the beginning of our consecration. That's where it begins when we keep that first commandment but I can't keep the first commandment without his word because I'll never know him without that word the first and great commandment to love God people say well that's automatic we just naturally love God <laughs> well the Bible says we love him because he first loved us so I have no choice in the matter hang on let me ask you this does everybody love God well, hold on now does everybody love God not just in this room. Hang on. What are you talking about? In the world. All right. But does God love everybody in the world? 
So God loves everybody, but everybody doesn't love him. So that means that scripture is not forcing us to love him. He first loved us, but we, yeah. And then we love him because we realize what he's done for us. And we begin to know him. But yeah, he loved us before we were formed in the womb. He already loved us. There's no beating him on that. But we're not forced to love him. So we see loving God as a choice, more than emotion, more than feeling, more than word, but it's a commitment in keeping of his commandments. That's why Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's how you show God that I am serious about our relationship. I will stay in your word. Well, I think I could just tell him and he'll be all right with it. He knows my heart. Hmm. Exactly. That was my sentiment exactly. First mm. John 3 and 18, he said, My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed. Now, he said, well, he's talking about people. So I'm supposed to love people more than I love God? Shouldn't I love God? Not just because he already had people did that all with their mouth. <laughs> yeah, they, they, their lips, they, they honor me and draw close to me but in their heart they're far from me so he said my little children let's don't just love in word neither in tongue you know, just don't be a bunch of sweet words but love him in deed which is a deed things that you do and in truth now I love it that word truth 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 because John 17 and 17 Jesus said sanctify or hagiazo that's the word in Greek which means consecrate. So he said, consecrate them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Yeah. So I'm supposed to, uh, you, you, you see what I'm trying to, to pull out here is that when I love him, I love him uh, in his word because his word is truth and I am consecrated by his word. Yeah, right. My, that's why we must be uh, born again born of water, born of spirit. We must have the new birth experience so that we can be holy, that we can be sanctified. For you're washed, you're sanctified, which means to be consecrated. Uh, so there's that initial level of consecration, but now I've got to walk in the newness of life. And everything we do, he, and so Jesus went on to say the second commandment is like it, like love your neighbors yourself. On these two commandments hang all, all, everything after, every other commandment there, law, prophets, everybody else, Hangs on these two. You've got to love God. You've got to love people. And uh, everything else, will just it, it'll begin to fall in place. When you love God first, you're going to keep his commandments. If you really love him, you'll keep his commandments. And so uh, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. But faith worketh by love. That's scripture. So you can have faith, and if it ain't going nowhere, you've got to see where your love's at. I have faith. I read the scripture. I have faith that people can be healed. A lot of people have faith in miracles and believe miracles can happen, but if they don't love God, they're never seeing miracles. I don't know why I'm never seeing any miracles. Are you consecrated? Are you where you need to be with the Lord? Faith worketh by love. There's not any profit in keeping commandments if we don't love God. Okay, I got... I got somebody who's an atheist, don't even believe God. But they don't steal, they don't lie, they don't commit adultery. You know, they, they, they donate to the poor, they work in a soup kitchen. You know, they, they do, they're good to people, they're moral, they don't cheat, they just don't believe in God. So they're doing all the things that are in Scripture, but what does it profit if they don't get the first commandment right? They don't get anything right. So you see, our consecration begins with the first commandment our choice to love God, and we show him our love through keeping of his commandments. Uh, they can love each other. They can even go to the second. Man, we love people. But if you don't love God, that's the, you got to get the first. You can't jump down to number two. Right. You got to. I say a lot of people uh, criticizing folks, saying, well, you, you, know, you don't love people because you're not doing this, you're not doing that in the world today. You're supposed to be Christian, but you don't love people. Well, you can love people, but not love God. And say, I love God first. 
And so that means God's always first. And keeping his commandments is going to always be first. And so you can't talk to me about how much you love people and, and, and think that is your stamp of approval for being a Christian when you don't keep any other commandments. Because you, you, you're missing the first commandment. So uh, I don't want to just love people and not love God. And I sure don't want to say I love God because you can't love, the Bible already tells you, if you don't love your brother who you can see, how can you love God who you don't see? So I already know, see, he's already fixed it. You, you can't do the second one without the first. It just don't work. Or you, you can't, and you sure, if you're doing the second one, but you, you can love people and not love God. I'm not talking about earning our salvation through works. So don't nobody say, he, he say, I got to, no, I'm not. Uh, we will have works. Faith without works is dead. Right. I'm talking about consecration. The choice to consecrate begins with the choice to love God and love your neighbor. Everything else falls in line behind that. That's why, again, these couple of weeks, I've given you these passages of Scripture, Proverbs 1 through 7, uh, Psalm 119, because it shows blessing, power, protection, provision of God's word, and that it is a choice. And now here's where I'm going to speed read uh, because I've got some scriptures uh, from Proverbs and Psalm just to point out what you should have already read this week. Proverbs uh, 1, 10 through 15 said, My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. It's your choice. Don't give your consent. He's saying, he's telling you how to save yourself, but it'll be up to you still. He's not locking them away. He said, my son, if they entice thee, don't consent. If they say, come with us, let us lay wait for blood. Let us look privily for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them up alive as the grave and whole as those that go down to the pit. We shall find all precious substances. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Casting your lot among us, let us all have one purse. My son, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. It's your choice. He's telling you, but don't do it. So you see, if you're reading this, you understand, okay, I don't do that, and I stay on the right path. In chapter 2 and verse 10, when wisdom enters into your heart and knowledge is pleasant unto your soul, discretion will preserve thee. You know where we get our wisdom, where we get our knowledge? From his word. And when you have the knowledge and the wisdom of God's word in your heart, and I'm going to show you it's going to be in your heart, discretion will preserve thee and understanding shall keep you and it will deliver you from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaks forward things, who leave the path of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness. They rejoice to do evil, delight in the forwardness of the wicked. Their ways are crooked and they are forward in their path. So he's saying that knowledge, wisdom, will keep you, preserve you, and keep you from walking in the ways of evil people. Chapter 3, 1 and 2, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandment for length of days, long life, and peace shall they add to thee. That's exactly what God said to them uh, that we read back in Leviticus a while ago or Deuteronomy a while ago. 4, 13 and 15, uh, take fast hold of instruction. Don't let her go. Keep her, for she is your life. Don't enter into the path of the wicked. Go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it. Pass away. You see all this instruction that will keep you on the right path? It's choices, choices, choices. And then in verse 20, My son, attend to my words. Incline your ears unto my saying. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life unto those that find them. Health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And then in Psalm, and I, I'm finishing a little quicker than I thought, so that's good. Psalm 119 uh, starts off um, the first six verses. Uh, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who uh, walk in the law of the Lord. You know why they're undefiled? Because they walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies, that seek him with a whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. You have commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. Verse 11, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. 23 and 24, princes also did sit and speak against me, but your servant did meditate in thy statutes. It doesn't matter. When you 
or in his word, it doesn't matter who comes against you, I'm going to stick to the word. Don't let anything change your ideas. Stick with the word. Your testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. That's where I get my instruction at. Uh, 59 through 61 says, I thought on my ways, turned my feet under thy testimonies. I made haste, delayed not to keep your commandments. The bands of the wicked have robbed me, but I have not forgotten my law. No matter what happens in this life, I won't forget your word. I'm going to stay with it. And uh, 109 says, my soul is continually in my hand. It's in my hand, but I don't forget your law. It's my choice, in other words, but I don't forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, but I erred not from your precepts. It doesn't matter what anybody else is trying to do to trip me up. I'm sticking with the word of God. 166 and 167, Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. That's what we were talking about. New birth, salvation, but his commandments. And I've done your commandments. My soul has kept thy testimonies and I love them exceedingly. I love his word. So my choice to be born again, honey, you can come to the music, is to, is to, is the, to be born again is my choice according to his word. To stay consecrated is my choice and that's through his word. I'm going to stay in his word. The script, you can stand with me. The scripture says that we, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Well, when we let the word of God frame our world and our daily lives, then we choose to stay consecrated and we show that we love him because we keep his commandments. And finally, the writer in Ecclesiastes at the end of the book, the question was asked, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Ecclesiastes 12 and 13 said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man to choose. God knows that we can't be saved without his word, but he don't force us. God knows that we need him, but he doesn't force us. But it is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. It's just God's goodness, His mercy, His grace. So if we work on it, I'm not saying that we're not going to make mistakes. I'm not saying we're not going to slip up and fall, make a mess sometimes. It's going to happen. But you know what else? If it's all of His Word that keeps us consecrated, there's that wonderful scripture that says that if we do sin, we have an advocate with the Father. That helps keep you consecrated because instead of quitting, you repent. And if we confess our faults, he is faithful to forgive us our faults. That keeps us consecrated. Instead of quitting, we keep going. I don't want you to think I'm expecting perfection out of people because I know that we're going to make mistakes. But I'm telling you that the word will answer you in your mistakes. The word has a... has the solution for when you mess up or when you get out out of the lines. It it has what you need to stay consecrated. That's what we've got to do. Man, that's the oil in your lamp. You've got to keep consecrated unto God. So let's make that choice tonight. Let's come to the altar tonight and pray for a few moments and just tell the Lord, "I, I love you. I'm learning more about you. I'm going to love you first. And I'm going to keep your commandments. I'm going to stay consecrated. To be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. On earth alone. To be
Give him a hand tonight. What a great God we serve. What a great God. So thankful. So thankful for the Lord. It's been so good. Man, we've just enjoyed some wonderful church the last few days. Sunday was tremendous. I just enjoyed the Lord's blessings in this place. Incredible worship, just prayer and word that was preached and then baptizing a couple of people. And man, Sister Claire Reese, we're going to get used to seeing you around here now. We're so glad, so glad she's here. And uh, I tell you, God's been good. And then Monday night at prayer, we had 39 in prayer Monday night. Man, that was a great, great blessing. So uh, this Sunday, uh, invite somebody to church. I, I, I mentioned this the other day. You know, I said invite somebody. And if they say no, invite somebody else. If they say no, invite somebody else. Just so on and so on. Just keep. Keep casting that line. Keep casting that net. Uh, somebody, you'll catch somebody. Just let them come on into this house and experience what God's got for them. And so you don't have to look very far. Just in your close proximity at work or school, or wherever you might be, there's somebody that really needs to know Jesus. Ask them to just, hey, you want to come to church? They say, no, did that hurt so bad? Uh, it hurt that bad. I've had people tell me no for 28 years. So uh, I'm talking about one individual person that wanted to come to church with me for 28 years, and he still ain't come. So, uh, hey, but so many others have. So let's look forward to a great service in Jesus' name. God bless you tonight. You can be dismissed. We love you.